Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Welcome to this very special edition of the Ringside Rant with you. This is the man with the magical voice, RJ, with you. Absolutely thrilled to have Damo, formerly known as Killian Dane, on this episode of the Ringside Rant. But before we send it over to the interview, I just want to make sure that everybody follows us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore ringside rant. Head over to ringsiderant.wolfwarapparel.com to check out the great, great merchandise we have over there. A new shirt is in the works, going to be out very, very shortly. So check that out. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're here in this great podcast on all your major podcast platforms, including the Shining Wizards Wrestling Network, full press coverage, as well as the Visionaries Global Media Network as well. Big thank you to all three of those platforms for having this episode on there. And thank you for joining me this week right here on the Ringside Rant. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Tell your friends, tell everybody. Be right here in Ranters Nation next week. So let's send it up to the interview at this time. Welcome to this very special edition of the Ringside Rant. The man with the magical voice, RJ, here with you. I have the honor of welcoming the man, the myth, the legend, Damo, <laughs> formerly known as Killian Dane. What's up, my man? I appreciate the uh, the talk there. We'll, we'll keep the myth and the legend for another few years, I think, you know, but uh, <laughs> no, all is good. Thank you very much. I enjoy the, uh, the magical voice part, so I'm expecting big things here, so... You know, it's one of those, those, uh, what do they say, gimmicks that we try to live up to. And I've been doing the show, like I mentioned before, for almost three years and three years straight. So it's like, try to, it's one thing I've learned. You got to stay, stay going because when you slow down, it all, all the, all the wheels start coming off. <laughs> uh, so, so honestly, it was one of those things, thrilled to have you on uh, and big fan of uh, what you're doing over with the uh, WWE. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, you were on that list of people that released a little while ago. Um, briefly, it's one of those things. Did you see anything, any of the writing on the walls? You were just coming off. I thought it was one of the great <laughs> um, programs that you had with, uh, with Drake Maverick. I absolutely loved it absolutely love what you guys are doing no so honestly the uh i think i think we, we got ourselves maybe into a situation over the last few years where nobody was really was being released at all um, and then this last year has been uh, very different um you know covid has thrown a massive spanner in the works of everybody in every professional league every, every business ac across the planet um, and originally, you know, we were kind of exempt for a little while, but, you know, it eventually catches up. And we, me personally, you see the writing on the wall um, maybe a year ago uh, when the first cuts were happening and things like that. I was thinking, you know, that this is one of those situations, you know, that could it be, you know, a bunch of us go at this point. Um, I was very lucky that it didn't happen then, um, especially with how last year turned out. Um, so I, I'm actually incredibly grateful of the timing in one way, um, 
and very angry at the same time. So, um, but no, did I see it coming? No, not at all. Um, like this, we actually featured on television quite a lot this last few months, really. Um, it, like the feud with Imperium and then uh, the, the the match with, you know, it culminated in the match with Alexander Wolf, which, you know, we didn't know at the time was, was, was literally his last hurrah as well. So, you know, there was a lot of things that you just did not see coming at all. But listen, this is... This is a fickle industry. It always has been. Um, there will be periods where it'll ebb and flow and you'll be you'll be rocking and rolling. And there's going to be times where, you know, bad things happen, sadly. And, and we, you know, sadly, myself and a few of the other guys, great, uh, incredible talents, actually, um, who have been let go at this time. And, you know, it's it is a part of the industry. It always has been. You know, there's been plenty of guys before me who. Uh, were incredible talents that got released um, and for me personally you know I went through every range of emotions uh, on the day in fact the funniest part was I was actually in the, the performance center <laughs> um, when I got the phone call so it was even worse because I, I'm actually in the building and I'm going ah okay this is uh, this is awkward <laughs> um, we were doing uh, extra ring training every Friday there, there's a, an opportunity for anybody who wants to go in and, and you can work out with coaches and I've been going in every Friday because Hideki Suzuki and Robbie Brookside were taking sessions. And Robbie's, uh, we'll touch on him later, but you know, he's, he's been a massive influence in my career. And Hideki Suzuki's is an incredible catch wrestler. He was one of the last people trained by Billy Robinson. So I've really enjoyed picking his brain. So I was in uh, myself, Tim Thatcher, uh, actually my wife Nikki was there and a, and a bunch of others. Uh, and we're having a you know a good day, <laughs> and uh, sadly it didn't end a good day. But I went through I went through every range of emotion, and to be honest, like uh, the weirdest part of it all is that initial what if, um, and then you know that that subsides really quickly because you start getting excited about what's next, and that's the weirdest part of this this week, you know. Yeah, it was one of those things where I've I've been a wrestling fan for since like my son's nine, pretty much when I when his when I was his age. And it's just I've never now that I've quote smarter up to the business, quote unquote, and you realize a lot more things, you see starting seeing these releases happening just now just now with the WWE, just across the board. And it's just unreal. We see a lot of this yourself included in that obviously is a lot of this great talent being released uh and then obviously we have that 90 day complete non-compete complete excuse me uh which my math puts you at about september 23rd so something like that yep. yeah <laughs> i'm like i had i had to go i'm like okay i like i had to like throw it in i'm like okay i don't want to count on my fingers because I'll, I'll lose uh lose count or something but uh but yeah it's just yeah a lot of people are you seeing a lot of people ending up, you know, landing on their feet without the other companies. Uh, how, how have you been staying so positive? Obviously it's still fresh, obviously. Uh, um, like, so for, for me personally, it's like, so I grew when I was four years old, I think it was the first time I saw wrestling, maybe three years old. Um, a friend of mine, my best friend, Chris Goodfellow, he's uh he was a year older than me, so he was, you know, that little bit smarter. So he was watching wrestling, uh, got me into it. We'd be watching, um, so World of Sport was on at the end of the 80s. Um, and NWA uh, started coming on our television in Britain. Um, uh, uh, it came on 
Saturday morning or something, Saturday afternoon, whatever it was. And it was, I think it was going between World of Sport one week and then NWA the next week until eventually it was just NWA. And um, obviously terrible for British heritage, but, you know, great for a child because of the, the razzmatazz of, of WCW as, as it was about to become. Right. Um, and like, because I've, I've been a fan that long, like, I, I went through when I was 14, 15, like the really serious decision to try and, and become a part of this business. So you read all around it. You, you listen to every interview, you, um, every book, every biography, you know, so you kind of like, you, you try to understand as much as you can about the business. Um, as, cause it's the only way to try and succeed in it, to be honest. Um, but like all through that time, I've been a fan, like you see the, you know, decisions, like things happen, like um, people lose their job, people lose their lives, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that have happened in my lifetime for my heroes and, and for everything else. Um, so like, you're asking like, how do I maintain a positive outlook? Well, you know, all I wanted as a kid was was to be a pro wrestler. And I've, in my 17 years since I started, I, I managed to carve out a career that, that got me from the, the tiniest of towns with no people watching to I managed to get on WrestleMania, so like I, I literally maybe I peaked a bit early. That was, <laughs> but uh, um, out of all seriousness, like you know nobody can take that away from me, and and that is something that you know, no matter what happens, if I get if I got hurt or if anything had happened to me, I always had that that I managed to get there, um, and the, the coolest thing now is, is thinking what's next. Um, I'm in a brilliant position. I've been very lucky with injuries. Um, that's, uh, I realize like I'm, I'm blessed in a way because some guys have, have terrible luck with this. I've been very lucky. I've, niggles, yes. Minor things, yes. Whatever else. But I'm, I've, I'm leaving in, in great shape. I'm, I'm leaving probably about as healthy as I've been in, in six or seven years. Um, and I've got five years experience of television experience, sorry, um, working with the likes of Shawn Michaels and, and Fit Finley, William Regal, all these people who I idolized as a child. Uh, as a teen and then idolized as a wrestler as I came through you know all these people who've been who've been helping us uh, when I was in NXT or when I was on the main roster and mm. so the reason why I'm, I'm quite positive is I'm definitely leaving uh, WWE a much better talent than I started so I'm, I'm pretty excited to get to get out there again and um, almost like bring my knowledge and experience to to what wherever I go and it's hard not to be optimistic because the world's opening up again. Um, mm -hmm. We were in this brilliant position now that we're kind of on the other other side of COVID that, you know, the world will start again and it'll be a lot easier for, for people like me to, to get around the world. And I still have a, a few things on the bucket list I wanted to do. And this kind of gives me, you know, the, maybe the kick up the arse I need to, <laughs> uh, to make those things happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that a lot of things are opening up, I don't know how how the UK has been. I know I, I know a few people that Very live strict. over, over that area. It, was that ever the possibility when you when you when you came down? I, I don't I don't want to say came down because it's not it's more of a lateral move at this point. When you went from the main roster to to NXT, was there ever you know a discussion of going over to to NXT UK? A bunch of times. So when I first started with NXT, um, the UK was being talked about as a possibility. Um, so I was uh, I was all set to go in the first tournament and things like that. And then I was put into sanity. Um, so then that changed everybody's perception because 
I couldn't really go and be like a national representative, you know, for Northern Ireland or whatever in you know the first tournament while also being a crazy guy back in the States. So, um, so, you know, there was, there was, I mean, even when, when we were first talking about it, like I was speaking to some of the people who were creating it and we were talking about names because they were, you know, worried about offending people and whatever else, uh, because calling something the UK and, and uh, end up uh, UK, sorry. And then you know, bringing in Irish people and whatever else, was it going to be a problem, whatever. So, you know, there's all kinds of crazy questions when it first started. But yeah, no, we, we talked about it right at the start. And then later on again, ah, there was another time I was meant to go over um, and it just didn't happen. I think we were getting promoted. Uh, I think so, you know, that just didn't become a possibility. But when uh, I was up on the main roster and we had, you know, we had a, a couple of good moments, uh, a couple of bad moments. Um, and I just, I said the Triple H, I said like, listen, if there's anything um, on NXC, NXC UK, just to supplement this, I'd be more than happy to to do it because for me personally, I was, I think I was 33 or 34 and I was raring to go, ready to wrestle. So um, literally the first thing that did happen when I did come down to, to NXT uh, is we went over to the Download Festival and I got to do a few matches in the Download Festival with all the NXT UK guys, uh, which was awesome for me because a lot of those guys, you know, I knew from the scene or I trained. Um, so for me, it was like being, being home almost without being in Ireland. I was in, uh, I was in England uh, with a bunch of lads who I spent a lot of time with and, and traveled with and wrestled. And so no, that was literally the first thing I did when I, I, I went back down to, to NXT was get flown straight over. I, I put Matt Riddle through a stage and then that night we were all on a, uh, we were on a private jet up to New York to catch a flight the next day to, to, uh, to England. Yeah. So, um, I got to have a little taste of the, the NXT UK, but uh, yeah. sadly, I never got to do um, on the main tapings and things like that. But one of the craziest things is right before COVID, um, right before COVID was about to hit, myself and Eric Young at the time were going to go to NXT UK and we were going to feud with uh, Alexander Wolf and Imperium um, with the potential of will he, won't he with Wolf. So, but COVID hit releases happen, things change, there's no travel to the UK, all the guys over there were completely isolated from us, we were isolated from them, in fact we, you know, everybody, I, I guess everybody across the world was isolated, so you know that there was no more crossover, and sadly that wasn't going to happen, but the craziest part of it all for me was, it was going to be in NXT Dublin, um, which would have been utterly outrageous, um, <laughs> and that, that would have been the best possible experience for me, and um, but it sadly wasn't to be, you know, the, with the way COVID went and everything else. But, um, it, you know, it's it's one of those cool what if scenarios that you know EY and I will text each other about and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's when we talked before we hit it record. Sanity was my jam, man. I absolutely loved what you guys are doing. Even when you joined in, uh, was it about I think it was December seventh, according to my research, over there in two thousand sixteen. Um, absolutely phenomenal just stuff that it's like oh okay what's going to happen what how is this going to happen would it be the possibility of a sanity reunion with ey and uh with alexander wolf now i i think ey is over an impact right yeah he's uh, he's currently recovering from injury he yeah. did his acl sadly he was in incredible shape putting on great matches just time and sucks but um you know you never say never uh, when it comes to a sanity reunion for example but 
you know, one of the things like we would get so many people like like tweeting us and texting us after we split up. Um, and it, it's one of those things like with Saturday, you know, it was always going to have a shelf life um, because, you know, you know, we start as like really crazy and then we need to start, you know, showing focus for who, we, you know, we go after next. And one of the hardest parts is when we got promoted and whatever else was, it needed to be a new Saturday, especially, you know, with, uh, with Nikki not a part of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how, how crazy could we go on national television? So, you know, there was a lot of ifs and buts and everything else. Um, but for me personally, like uh, it was one of the best experiences of my life. But the very first day you're talking about December 7th. So we filmed that a couple of weeks ago in the November. Um, and that was the best and the worst day of my life. Um, because the be- in, in regard to the best, you know, I'm, I'm debuting on WWE television. Um, my wife is a part of the group, which is which is awesome. But I'm replacing a guy who got hurt, and it really sucked because Sawyer Fulton was was a great guy. We were friends outside of this. Um, he's one of the fellas like I always keep an eye on, um, and it was literally the worst day of my life <laughs> because you know replacing somebody sucks. Um, you know somebody gets hurt, and then you know months later he, he got released himself, and like. You know, I think I had like about eight waves of guilt, you know what I mean? Because every every single, every time something else happened and you're like, oh God, poor Sawyer, you know what I mean? But, you know, he's he's a great talent. He's done really well for himself and he's carving out a name for himself now and, and impact himself. So, um, you know, all, all fingers crossed for him and, and, and what he does next. But it was just a terrible situation, you know, having to, you know, replace him. Um, and then at the same time, you're going, well, this is my dream and this is everything I've ever wanted. And, you know, it was a, a crazy, like, double-edged sword for me. Um, but, you know, there, there was brilliant times. Uh, EY, uh, I would wrestled before. We wrestled uh, in Impact, actually, um, in one of the UK tours. They were over, and myself and a few other guys who, who were kind of doing okay on the, on the, the scene uh, were invited in to do a few shows. And EY and I, like, had this – we crammed everything into a four-minute match. Uh, immediately jammed with him as a person. Um, he's just this infectious personality, really cool guy, great leader um, in the locker room as well. Like he was willing to help anybody. You know, some people listened, some people didn't. Um, but like he was one of those people who just had everything. Um, his he even had like the, the crazy raspy voice, which just made him sound so different to everybody. Um, and then Alexander Wolf became my best friend. So like, you know, I'd met again. He's another fellow I met like literally as he was getting signed. He was giving me advice on my tryouts. My tryouts were after his, and his advice really helped me um, because a lot of guys would be doing these two or three day affairs. Like the, the tryouts in Britain were, were crazy at the time. They were like eight hours of, of drills and whatever else to see who would in ring drills, cardio drills, everything else to see you know who could handle it and who had a bad attitude, who had a good attitude, and then there'd be matches at the end. Um, but Wolf had given me really good advice, just simple stuff about what I should wear foot-wise and things like that. Because if I was wearing my wrestling boots, for example, my calves would eventually cramp up or my feet would eventually cramp up. So he was saying, well, why don't you use your shooter boots? Um, you'll get through the drills of breeze. And he was right. Like I'd, I'd done, I tried years before that, but I was in full boots and like full gear or whatever it was. And it was agony. It was torture. But I did it in my, my I think it was trainers or shooter boots, whatever else. And it was a breeze. Like I ended up like having fun on the tryouts more than anything. Like the we prepared a lot for the, the cardio elements and things like that. But the his concept was really smart. He even told me like bring things to like a uh, isotonic drinks, whatever else, just to, to make sure you can keep the um, keep the acid at bay. <laughs> and he was right. So like so I, I 
and then even when when so Nikki got signed six months before I did, and Wolf and Sawyer were both incredibly nice to her and they helped her a lot um, when they were on a tour. So it's just little things like that. And then when I joined the group, I'm like immediately um, I'm with two guys I already know and my wife, and I become great friends of both of them. Like the traveling with those guys was the utter best. We made every every house show we did every time we went to was like an adventure because we we got to a point where we'd be <laughs> we'd be hiring Airbnbs instead of going to hotels um, as a way of just kind of oh make it interesting and there were some brilliant experiences and some awful experiences shall we say um, but uh, honestly the, the two got the two guys like made every five hour six hour eight hour journey simple um, and like you know they'll be friends for life and like if we ever do do something again together it'll be it'll be incredible so that would be something that we'd all look forward to I'd imagine. So I, I can, I'll pencil in September 24th for that. I'm, I'm joking. Uh, but I, honestly, it was one of those things that it was just blowing my mind. I'm like, okay, what was going on? Was there anything uh, like on the main roster? Do you think that pretty much sanity ran its course? Or do you think that you were just, you well, had I think the possibility like, of doing more? I, so the, the way it was explained to me was, the creative uh, or the people in charge of creative saw a promo of ours and loved it. And they, I think they were all ready to go, ready to do something with us. And then a couple of weeks later, they watched the promo again, didn't like it. And I think that was about it for us. So uh, <laughs> um, honestly, sometimes it's as simple as that. Um, and a lot of it's timing. We, the Bludgeon Brothers were the main team at the time. Um, and uh, I, I honestly feel it was just, bad timing um, if it maybe being New Day or Usos on top maybe we could have come in and been maybe more aggressive with them um, so you know there was maybe not a great pathway right at the start um, and it's hard to it's hard to blame anybody like you know it could be as much our fault as it is their fault whatever but realistically we didn't have many opportunities uh, I went from being the singles guy of sanity to being doing six man tags um, and it's it's difficult to go from okay I can do a really cool uh, thing in whatever amount of minutes, but okay, now you're playing heels. You've got a minute of heat uh, and go home. Uh, so, you know, I, like that, but that is the nature of the business. Um, maybe we just didn't do enough at the time. I got a bit unlucky that I wore my blue kilt on the first taping. Uh, they didn't like it. Uh, I was like, oh, crap. Uh, I should have worn a black one or something like that. I was, we were trying to be cool coming in all color coordinated. Uh, they didn't like it. <laughs> um, but I, if I'd have come in, maybe wearing the black or something, you know, more dirty. This one was maybe too clean, too pretty. And it just didn't really play off with what we were trying to achieve at the time. So that was a bit of bad luck. I, I then tried a bunch of different things gear-wise until I was finally happy with what I had chosen. And then by that point, we were, you know, we were done as a, as a, as a group on TV. Um, but listen, it was, just, it was just luck. I mean, I can tell you, I was on... <laughs> We did something, uh, and right after the match, Vince pulled me aside and said uh, there was something he wanted me to work on. I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." Then he pulled me in and he said, "Listen, you're you're going to have a, a really good career here." Um, and I was like, "Oh, awesome! You know, you go home, you feel ten foot tall." And then I wasn't on TV for three months, so you know, it, it's like, you know, but I I believe what he said, but at the same time, you know, we we didn't maybe fit in any particular box at the time, and it was just it was just luck. Um, like, I don't really blame the process. I mean, maybe, you know, a lot of the pitches we put through, maybe we should have pitched it directly to him as opposed to going through writers or whatever. But 
you know, I can't really blame anybody other than us, you know, because realistically, we were on SmackDown, like, I think we wrestled like 15 matches or something. Or I'm not sure if it's as many as that, but, you know, if we didn't do enough to impress in, in those kind of matches, then maybe that's on our shoulders as well. Um, for us, we know that losing Nikki on the group was was a big dynamic to what we were. Um, we were very unusual, very fresh, because we threw three guys and a girl, and she was the toughest of all of us. So, <laughs> um, and you know that that is the truth. So you know, like that's when when that changes, then you know that's an element that changes. The promos change, the the, the style of what we are change, and and it's it's something that's just unlucky. But you know, it worked out well for Nikki. You know, Nikki ended up having a great run on NXT directly after that, and like her match at the Asuka. Mm-hmm. Um, was like the, the first time she'd had this big singles match, I believe. And that was just before we went up. And then, or no, maybe it was a few months before she went up. But then when we went, she was then featured in a lot of storylines. She was like, she had this thing with Shayna, a uh, cool story with Shayna Baszler. And there was a few other things as well. So you know, it helped, I think, her character become more complete because, you know, brilliant. You know, she attacks Adam Cole and she's ripping at his hair and whatever else. But, you know, Adam Cole can never hit her back. You know what I mean? So right. you know, there, there's there's only so far you can really go with that. And I think that was the main reason why she didn't come up with us in the first place was um, if we were getting our ass kicked, what do you do with Nikki? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that was explained, you know, because we're going up as villains. So what was a villain you expect to take a beating? So you can't really do that when you've got a girl running around crazy. So you know, that I think that maybe was something that they did. Like that, that isn't confirmed. I'm just assuming that's what it was. Right, right. Um, or maybe they needed Nikki in. In the, in the women's division, I, I couldn't tell you the full ins and outs at the time. They were like, "This is what's happening," uh, and we're just like, Brr. all of us like they they actually filmed our reactions when we got promoted, and they never used the footage because all of us were gutted that Nikki wasn't coming. It's like we're all like, "Yes," and then what? Oh shit! And that that, that sadly was again like you know I said about the replacing Sawyer was a, a great day and a terrible day. And then when we get promoted, it's a great day and an awful day, you know what I mean? Because you know that's that's my wife, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and we can't uh, we can't bring her up on the road, and like we're going to be separated and things like that. So, you know, that was that was difficult. Um, but you know, we've both been in the industry for so long, we've been apart huge stretches. So, you know, we're both in the the kind of situation where we're like, well, you know, we'll kill it, and then when when all this is over, we'll have plenty of time to get angry at each other. So. <laughs> Yeah, but and that's I'm just thrilled to see what she's doing on Raw now too, and all that stuff. She's still just absolutely. She always passed me coming out with her program, like she did with Alexa, and now she's out on her own. It's like I just you can't help but love what she's doing. Absolutely. Listen, like I can tell you this: she's got this infectious personality. She's brings this positivity the entire time, and like what I love about this gimmick is it. It's given her an op- opportunity to to be a character she really wants to be. Like, she wants to be appropriate for little girls, you know, like someone to aspire towards and whatever else. Because not all our characters are that way inclined. Because some are villains or or some are whatever. Um. So this is a great opportunity for her to be like, you know, especially with the way the world is right now. You know, to actually be a positive force uh, is is actually kind of incredible. Um. And it's been fun because, you know, this this came from her idea. She was able to pitch it. Took a long time to get started. Like, the, the funniest part is we thought it was never going to happen. And then now you're like, you know, at first we weren't sure it was going to happen. And then, boom, it was all go, go, go. And, like, um, like her gear maker is is based in, in Holland. 
you know, so there's this added extra time to get everything here. Um, so, you know, it, it's just so funny, like, but it all worked out and um, she's loving it right now. Like, even when she started doing the stuff on TV just before the, the superhero gimmick, that this all happened out of nothing. Like, you know, somebody got hurt or something and, you know, she filled in. It went well because, you know, she's that type of character and great. They, they, they were like, okay, let's just go full steam ahead with the superhero. And, and it really suits because... The way Nikki is as a person is very close to a lot of the things that she's saying in her. Obviously, you know, maybe not as as as, or maybe maybe she's more dorky in real life. Actually, <laughs> maybe we should cut that bit. She might be mad at me, but <laughs> um, but uh, she uh, honestly, this is a great experience for her because she's get she's out there on her own now. She's not attached to sanity. She's not attached to Alexa. You know, this is just her, um, and she's an incredible talent. She, she's got all this charisma, but. You know, there's a lot of times you don't really get a chance to showcase that and like that that is that's the nature of the business but she's getting that opportunity right now and fingers and toes are crossed for her yeah and i was waiting when i saw it i'm like i'm waiting for shane helms to come out as a hurricane <laughs> I, i'm just waiting i'm, I'm crossed oh, she, like, she's oh. already pitched it so I, i'm hoping that it'll happen because you know shane <laughs> shane's a great guy like I, yeah. we both adore shane um outside of this um and you know he he's, he's helped he's given her really smart like advice with the mask and things like that how how it stays on because you know there there are things that like there are things people don't understand like when you're wrestling even a headlock can move anything you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like shane's been like kind of instrumental in helping that side of things um, and like being really hands-on with, with, with things like in that that regard and that's really helped because listen you, she could be she could just put on a little robin thing and it'll fall off immediately you know and sadly that's what happens because you know there's no real example of masks like this in, in years, you know what I mean, that are being used in like, uh, I'm trying to think even like in, in this kind of context, you know, it, it's rare because people might use it for entrances or they might use a full mask or a hood or whatever else. Um, but the way this is, is like, a, you know, it's a very small thing. So they have to secure it in certain ways. Um, and like, it's been funny because, you know, she's obviously like, well, I need to practice it, I need to practice it, whatever else. Um, because you know that is important. If it comes off, then you know that's she could like be blinded or whatever else t- temporarily, and something could go wrong. So she like Shane's been brilliant to help with that, and like, I'm really excited to see like if they do something with him down the line, or mm-hmm. or maybe some some of the other superheroes, which would be pretty cool. There you go. Has uh, since you've been since you've been away from the company, has there anybody that uh, been in touch with you? I know you mentioned a lot of the, and you meant Robbie Brookside, you meant William Regal, you mentioned uh, Fit Finley as well. Anybody just been able to Everyone, check in like, with you? Yeah. Every, like, honestly, like, so I'm, I'm not like this overly emotional person, but like, you know, the, the thing that got me was, was the positivity people were giving me. And I'm like, I was really blown away. Like some online, some offline, you know, people text me, people, people call me, whatever. Uh, and like, it, it's been crazy because you just, I think it's good to know that I'm not an asshole. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, it, was, it was that affirmation. I was like, oh, cool. That's, I'm really glad to know that, actually. Um, yeah. You know, I try not to be, you know, but it, it's good to know. Um, no, out of all seriousness, like some, some of my heroes, like, texted me and, and, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it, it's really humbling. And, like, it, it's just, that's been the loveliest part of it. Um, like, Robbie Brickside is, is I, I can't really explain, like, he's just so... I met him at such a pivotal time in my career and he really helped me get to the next level and, and have the belief to get here in the first place. So he was actually there in the performance center when I found out and like, you know, he's just as good as I am because, you know, we've, you know, we've been, 
friends for 10 years now and uh, he was a coach for me he was a mentor for me um, a sounding board for me uh, we've been watching Euro 2020 together all uh, been following all the England matches we, I go over to his to watch all the matches and stuff like that so like and he, he's been like this I think I've learned more about how to act outside the ring you know that's been really important as well as how to act inside the ring um because Robbie was an incredible wrestler himself um and then it's more his his professional courtesy and things like that which have been imperative to, to Nikki and I's development because we learned so much more about how to be you know, good people in in the industry you know what I mean and like how he is with new people and especially is something that I want I want to model myself on um how he is like what I, I know for me like so I I played soccer up until the university level um and like I think of you know the best coaches I had when I was playing soccer or when I was in rugby or judo or anything else um and then when I started training with Robbie like so I started training with him I'd been wrestling six years seven years or something like that and he was this incredible coach and I, it was just it completely changed my concept of it changed my concept of how to deal with people in wrestling and, and I he made me take it seriously in, in a much different way than I had before like you know yeah he was so encouraging like and he could really command say he had 50 people or if he had three people, two people, whatever, he, he managed to have individual moments with every, every 50, every 50 people there, whatever it was, or, you know, and everybody walks away with a smile on their face, knowing that they've worked every, as hard as they possibly can. Um, and if somebody was really struggling, he was utterly brilliant with them and his patience is outstanding. And he works with the, 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 the new recruits every time they come into the PC, the first person they see is Robbie and he's the perfect guy for the job because he has the patience and the wherewithal to, to help everybody. Um, and there's been people who've come in who aren't athletes. There's people who've come in who've been like presenters on television and things like that, who, you know, are, are giving this a try and whatever. And he's just as patient with them as he is with, you know, high level athletes who join from the NCAA or, 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 or whatever else, or for, from other um, wrestling companies, you know, and, and he might, shows the same patience with, with all of them. And, there's not one person who who walks out of that building unhappy with Robbie Brookshead. I can tell you that. So, um, so it was great for me that he was there. And then I went to see him a couple of days later, um, and he was like, you know, if you need me, come beforehand and whatever else. But like, it, you know, he's been a brilliant part of it. But on on top of him, like William Regal as well. Like he he was instrumental in in me getting signed. Um, like he uh, he put all my stuff before the bosses when they weren't hiring. Um, and I just started doing, like, my momentum had really started picking up in 2015. Um, I did a tryout early 2015, and it looked like there was nothing coming. Um, so I, I literally, oh, no problem. I'll set up, and I had my, my path sorted. Um, I knew exactly where I was going. Um, I was wrestling for Rev Pro, and I had done a bunch of matches against uh, Ishii, Nakamura, Tanahashi, you know, all these incredible talents coming out of New Japan. Um, and, you know, I just happened to send them on to uh, William Regal. Um, and the best part was they were interested in Nakamura at the time and they, they needed footage of Nakamura and they couldn't get New Japan footage, obviously. So they ended up using the footage of me and Nakamura, which I imagine is, is probably how I ended up getting, uh, getting that next tryout and then getting signed or whatever else. So, 
Um, it's funny, like that was all down to, to Regal. Um, because at my my tribe where it, it didn't look likely, um, he had me cut a promo for him. Um, and like I've never really done many promos on in, in WWE, obviously outside of the um outside of the shows, you know, we do a lot of promo practice, whatever else. But you know, I'd cut promos a lot more on the indies. Um they needed me to be a more stoic character and whatever else in on NXT TV because I was the heater of the, the sanity group. But be, like before I got signed, like I did a promo for, for Regal and he was like, that was incredible. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Like that's a, that's a rarity. Um, and he helped, you know, he helped me like, I, I remember what he said to me at the time was because like, he knows a lot more about uh, where I come from and things like that. And I was able to talk about things like that in the promos um, and he said to me, like, he said, you know, we need real people here, uh, people who have had real experiences. Um, and like, he was true to his word. Like he said, when, when an opportunity would come, he would, he would, he would put my, my stuff in front of the bosses. And within a few months, that's exactly what happened. So he was one of the first people to text me. And it was, you know, as I said, it was, it was quite emotional for me because himself, Shawn Michaels texted me and all these other people. Um, and you're just like, wow, that's... You know that's awesome that they saw something in me enough um, to to text me when it was over, um, as well as help me so much throughout the process. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. No, outside of that, there was there's so many others. Um, like Brian Kendrick rang me the other day. He's he's a producer here. Um, you know he's somebody who I, I've met a bunch of times on the Indies as well. And I got on great with um, when I, we were on SmackDown. He was he was on two hundred five, and I got on great with him. And like he's he's just one of those guys who like. Um, it's just such a positive influence um, on a locker room and, and uh, as a coach as well. So just so many people who, who reached out. So it's been, it's been an incredible week in some ways, you know, yeah. um, because, you know, you don't necessarily expect, you don't know what to expect. Sorry. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Um, and I was very blessed that um, all these people were able to reach out. And so many of them are, are my heroes. <laughs> um, and that's been, it's been really cool. And it's, it's good to know that like a lot of them will, um, we'll be looking out for what I do next and stuff like that as well, which is pretty cool. And they'll, they'll be there for advice, which is even more important. Yeah. I, I, for one, and I know I'm not the only ones definitely looking forward to what you got coming up next. Uh, it goes back to when Cody got released or asked for his release when he left the company, we'll say he had that list of guys he wants to work with. I, you know, have, have you made a list? So it won't be as dramatic as, as Cody's one, I think. Like his, uh, <laughs> in fairness to me, did a, a really good way of, of kind of marketing um, how he was going to go about his next bit. And funny, I met Cody during that period and he had said like, you know, I, I want to wrestle with you. And I was like, oh, this is my last appearance before I go to WWE. Uh, but uh, he, he was a very cool guy actually. But like, you know, his, that's almost like the first thing that happens is you start thinking, oh yeah, there's a lot of guys who actually really like to wrestle. Uh, so, um, so yeah, like while I haven't made a really cool list, there, there is a bunch of people. Like obviously, um, back home in Europe, um, my favorite opponents were Rampage Brown and, and Joe Coffey. Um, now both of them are attached to NXT UK, but I'm hoping that um, I'll be able to wrestle them um, in other companies, depending on how it works out. Um, they're just two guys who I genuinely adore wrestling. I adore, I adore watching wrestle. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll be able to link up again at some point, um, as well as Axel Tischer, uh, the former Alexander Wolf. Um, I 
we, we had such a short match, um, we would definitely love to try and get in there. There's nobody I think would in, would love hitting each other more than us. So that's uh, all of the all of the good and the bad of, of our friendship. Um, but no, like honestly, other than that, like I'd love to link up with, with uh, Eric Young again. Love to fight him. Um, Miro was a guy who I think I only wrestled once on a house show. Uh, it would be incredible to, to 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 get in there with him properly. Um, been a big fan of Miro's work. Don't tell him because he always beat me at like FIFA and stuff like that. But I, I really liked his work, um, uh, and it would be really cool. Likes of him, Kenny Omega, obviously Moose. You know, is is a guy who's just flying at the minute. Um, and then over like Japan, I'd love to wrestle Ishii again. Um, like we worked in 2015, and it was one of my favorite matches. Uh, he doesn't have brilliant English, and I have no Japanese, so. It was almost like a charades match um, when we were like trying to, to figure out what we would do. But the stuff that we didn't think of that just happened naturally out there is one of the coolest parts for me um, because wrestling is universal. So the stuff we were doing that happened naturally organically was incredible. And like he, he was, Tomohiro Ishii's this outrageously talented wrestler. And I'd love to wrestle him again, especially with the knowledge that I have now. Um, whereas at that point in 2015, I was less aware of of how I wanted to present myself because at that point, you know, you're you're playing for your audience as opposed to you know playing for your future. You know what I mean? Um, so I'd love to wrestle him again. Uh, Shingo, obviously, this incredible wrestler, uh, followed his career since Dragon Gate. Like he's just on fire. Uh, I never got to wrestle Okada. He would be incredible. Um, like another one, like I adore is um, uh, Andrade. Uh, he's a, a really good friend, actually. Like, um, but somebody I, I never got to wrestle with. Um, followed him when he was La Sombra. You know what I mean? And we then we were on tours together. But we we're always like, if I was a face, he was a face. Or if I was a heel, he was a heel. So we just never quite got a chance to to mix it up. But he was one of the guys I looked forward to to, to talking to um, when we were out or when we were we were drinking or whatever else or when we we're on a bus. Um, same with Rush, uh, ROH. Uh, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to wrestle him. He's he's one of those guys who like I, I feel like he's one of the best on the planet right now. Um, and like I'd love to see what you know like how I would mesh with him. But yeah, there, there's so many like that. That's that's literally off the top of my head. Um, but I know there's like about thirty or forty more. I'd be like, want to wrestle him? Want to wrestle him? Um, but yeah, like the, the beauty of this is I can kind of pick and choose a little bit. Um, and that's something that I'm going to try and do because I'd love an opportunity um, to wrestle a bunch of these people. And there's, there's just so many opportunities at the minute and there's so many agreements and all these things at the minute. So these things can happen. So I'm very excited to see what the future brings. Um, and then even like back home in Ireland, there's so many guys coming through at the minute who I've, I've barely had a chance to see because COVID's been, been awful for, for a lot of guys there. But um, so I, I'd love to really see what the scenes like back home in Ireland or back in Scotland. Um, you know, I came through with with uh, I originally moved to, to Scotland uh, when I was 18 years old to start training to be a wrestler, um, and like I kind of came up through that scene. So there's there's so many guys who've came through in the last five years who haven't really had a chance to see yet. So I'm really excited to see who's the next to come through because we had this great batch of lads come out like 2009, 2010, 2011. Um, and girls, sorry, lads and ladies. Um, there were so many good ones who came through. Like, there's uh, uh, Piper Nivens now on Raw. Uh, Keely Ray um, just just lost the NXT UK Women's Championship. So like, there's there's just so many like 
great talents who, who came out of that scene. So I'm excited to see who the next ones are. And, and that's something that, like, as I said to Robbie Brooks said earlier, like, he was always so good with new people that, you know, I'm hoping that that's something I can then give to the next group is, is try and be there to help or um, to at least, like, you know, I, I was so lucky. I had the likes of Doug Williams on shows, um, Robbie Brooks had on shows. I had all these people who I, I could ask opinions of. Uh, Rampage Brown, for example, is somebody I would always ask um, because I, I adore it, like adored him as a, as a as a person and as a talent. So I had all these people who I could talk to, and, and talk, like even Dave Dave Mastiff's another person I forgot as well. Like, you know, there's, there's just so many. Like I can say like, this could be the next the, the next pod. I could sit here for an hour rhyming off people's names. I want to wrestle, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, what I what I do want to do next is wherever I go, whatever I do, is to try and help the next group that come through after me because that's the only way that this scene this this industry is going to improve is to continually make the next group better they can learn better from our mistakes um, and i noticed that like the group that came through like you know that late 2009 or early 2010 group who all like we all ended up on rev pro progress icw like all at that kind of same time out of britain uh, and Europe, actually, like uh, Tommy N and stuff. Tommy N's another one as well. So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, gotta, they just keep coming into my head. Yeah, that's the problem. And I should write it down, actually. You know what? I, I will. I'll make a yeah, list. There you I'll go. Put, I'll put it online. I'll, I'll, you know what? Cody's right, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, honestly, like, uh, our, our, our goal, all of us who got released here, um, we're all, like, that little bit older, you know, over 35, uh, with so much experience. And we're going to be able to go out to the, to the rest of the world and, and, and try and help the, the next group. And like, there's just so many guys there with, with great attitudes and, and great personalities. And like, you look at Breeze, for example, already has his own school. I imagine Fandango will be incredible out there. You know, there's even like the, the, the sayings and everything else. Like there's just so many guys with so much experience and they've, they've just had all this experience on TV amongst the, you know, all these producers and trainers. And, uh, and then obviously the likes of Triple H and whatever else who, who are able to, you know, give you ideas and concepts and whatever else. And now we're getting to go out there to the rest of the world and hopefully we can do, do a better, you know, an even better job than what came before us. And, and that's, that should be all of our goals. Cause I know that's definitely my goal. Yeah, that is uh, absolutely. I look forward to each and every one of those matches. Uh, I'm really digging uh, a big, been a big fan of Tommy and obviously when he was old, <laughs> when he first debuted at that, uh, the UK tournament. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the surprises. I'm like, oh, who is this dude? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be looking forward to you see, see you coming out with that chip on your shoulder, like you said, <laughs> and uh, you know, really take take a lot of guys to ta- to task. <laughs> Honestly, like, so you know, when I wrote that, like, it was something that it, it's it's always in the back of my head because it took having a chip on my shoulder to get all the way from Belfast in a time with no other professional wrestling really to get to eventually get here to this point in my life and like and I the journey has been crazy it's been incredible but I've had to have these moments where you know yes you meet the right people who help in one way who, who uh, educate you or whatever else but you have to have that raw determination to to get anything in life and I've been very blessed that right the right things have happened at right times but I know that my attitude has always has been the driving force behind that um, and that is something that I'm going to take to the next stage. You know, I am angry, but like, I want to show the kids that anger in the most positive way possible. Um, and it's going to be in the middle of a wrestling ring and that's where it's going to really come out. Um, you're going to get to see something that I know is inside of me. And 
it's something that's been begging to get out. Like COVID has kind of stopped all of us from really like getting a chance to go. You know, I went from wrestling four or five times a week to wrestling once a month or whatever else. So yes, my body is, is in great shape, but my mind is raring to go. And that's something that I'm very excited for, for the future. So this next, uh, this next few years are going to be very interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that. And, uh, like I said before, looking forward to what you got coming down the pipeline with whomever, whomever you're wrestling and get that, like I said, get that list going and make sure <laughs> you can, you can just tag Cody in and say that I told you it was okay. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, but on a serious, serious note, I appreciate you giving us time today or tonight where I don't even know. Anymore. <laughs> uh, um, what are ways people can follow you social media wise, uh, get a hold of you if they want to book you, merchandise, all you know the routine. <laughs> I've, I've tried to make it really easy, right? So, yeah, I've went demo mackle, all one word at yahoo.com. That's my that's my email address, but it's also the same for Instagram and Twitter. It's demo mackle at demo mackle on both. So, and I'll hopefully soon in the next few months, I'll, I'll figure out how to use Twitch. So, that is uh, that's something that like I've wanted to do for about uh, four years since it began. I've never quite got it right, to, but it's also Demo Michael on there as well. So, well, there's, <laughs> so there's it'll a, be the same across the board. So, well, there's another way for you to beat Miro. You can beat him at uh, over Twitch. Uh, I'm gonna have, honestly like so. He was one of the most frustrating opponents. So, I have to practice a lot before I get back to him. For some reason, always have my number. You can beat everybody and then lose to Miro. It'd be the most. He's very good at it. Very good <laughs> at it so. Awesome, man. I appreciate the time and uh, look forward to the. Uh, the future for you. Thank you very much.